Hello, my name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Humphrey Widow Seas. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Jacob. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, thank you. Good. I'm very glad to hear that, and uh, especially because uh, it's Saturday when we're recording this, and everyone deserves to have a good weekend. If you yeah. have the if your weekend is on Saturday, and not like in the middle of the week like some people's is. <laughs> yeah, happy was Wednesday in that case. Mhm, mhm. So, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump in uh, because everyone's seen from the episode title that we are here today to talk about uh, your OC. Who are they? Yeah, that's. I don't know why I'm pointing up. Uh, as if I'm pointing at the episode title, which I would imagine <laughs> is above. But uh, that's uh, Parker Prophet, also known as Contract Rider Java. Yes, yes, very good. This is uh, Java is the third of the contract writers from the campaign to be on this podcast. So I'm I'm very excited to uh, to get to hear about uh, their adventures. And how they intersect with those of uh, of Mariella and oh god, I just forgot Roger. Roger, yes, I just forgot Brendan's character's name, <laughs> but yes, Mariella and Vares. <laughs> yes, but yeah. So uh, I like to start with role playing characters. I like to start off with uh, how you came up with them as a character. Yeah, uh, this is a fun one, because uh, my thought process in terms of this stuff is very weird. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a Kamen Rider uh, kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. campaign. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started off with trying to think of a motif uh, that would be mm-hmm. fun. I've watched a lot of Kamen Rider, uh, you know, like, I think like 15 seasons, maybe? Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's too many. Uh and so I'm very like aware of sort of you know what they normally do, what they would kind of the general tones and stuff in terms of the design language, and that's something I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tried to think of what would be a fun motif that's sort of yeah. newish but wouldn't be completely out of place. Uh, so I went with coffee. Uh, <laughs> I thought of I don't know why because I don't even really like coffee. Uh, but yeah, understandable, I thought, understandable. <laughs> what if there was a barista being driver? Uh, whose belt was shaped like a, like a kettle. Uh, and yeah, Java. And then sort of, you know, uh, originally they were really different character concepts, just sort of whenever I was, uh, you know, coming up with the justification for a coffee bean drive, and then uh, they evolved sort of as we fleshed mm-hmm. out the setting, and yeah, uh, yeah into uh, the heavily protagonist-coded uh, caffeine-fueled creature uh that uh between five and six people know and love Mm -hmm. well soon it'll be more than five and six people (laughs) yeah um i i just i i want to say that i i really appreciate that you're that you talked about how uh java kind of like became much more protagonist coded because in my head i started like comparing and and contrasting um, talking with uh, Papillon and talking about Papillon and Lux, uh, Lux, yeah, Lux. Okay, um, and and talking about uh, Papillon and Lux and 
neither of whom I would say have like the traditional kind of stereotypical protagonist stories. Uh, yeah, I feel like Pachyon's sort of more so. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Lux is very much like, uh, you know, a, a sort of uh, ex-villain turned protagonist, which is a big thing in Rider and generally my favorite character, so, you know, that was really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I specifically went for sort of the very, like, friendly, uh, like, heavily protagonist-coded character, because normally in TTRPGs, uh, I play very mean and very rude and chaotic characters. And I was like, ha, I want to do something different. Yeah. Because uh, normally I just, when I'm playing a campaign, I just think about how Kamen Rider was. Uh, I'm looking at the big was shelf, the was shrine I have across from me, uh, for guidance. That's normally what I do in RPGs. In this case, I'm looking away from, I'm averting my eyes, uh, and I'm thinking about, like, Kamen Rider Forza was sort of a big touchstone for this, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of just, like, really friendly, friend-shaped, uh, character. <laughs> Uh, I was just like, I want to do something different, and my difference yeah. is uh, being nice. <laughs> well, from from what I have both heard and seen of Java, I I would say that they are definitely friend shaped. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm really happy. Uh, obviously, this is a, this is not a visual medium, uh, so the degree to which that is. You know, you can maybe find out by looking at my Twitter, which will be plugged at the end, I'm imagining, unless this goes mm-hmm. really badly and it ends with shame. Uh, oh, no. Don't. <laughs> but don't yeah. do, not, do not catastrophize in the podcast. It's going to be fine. The it's only gonna... thing we catastrophize about is technology and the state yeah. of the world. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I did try, a lot of sort of how my brain works with this kind of thing is design-based, so like... Uh, uh, thinking about all the kind of weapons and like forms and stuff, uh, that was like, that's sort of the thing that I put a lot of thought into, and a lot of times that led character development, uh, mm-hmm. sort of instead of the other way around, which is weird and probably not the best, but it works out well, I think. Okay, but before I forget, Jacob, I want to ask have you ever worked as a barista or a drink maker in some capacity? Uh, no, I do work in, uh, the uh, customer service industry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've not worked in that specific role. I know people who have. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is. I I I didn't want. To, I thought like doing someone a writer who does literally my job would be like, okay, this is a bit much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I, I I feel like at that point you would start entering into, like, specifically self-insert character, which is not yeah. a bad thing. It's yeah, just... it's like, oh, it's the enemy. Uh, contract writer Jerry from accounting. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It's, it's their contract, it's their enemy, contract writer Karen, who wants to return something, even though she doesn't have a receipt or the card that it was bought on. <laughs> ah! Yeah, no, I wanted to avoid that. So, like, part of why I chose coffee was it wasn't something I had, like, a direct thing with. Because my main goal was, like, I'm not just going to play this as someone who's rude and sarcastic, aka me. Uh, I was like, I'm going to try and be nice. I need a barrier. Uh, So, I picked coffee, something that I'm not really interested in, as I said. Uh, But, yeah, I think, you know. Uh, I'm happy with how that sort of has worked out. Good, good. I'm very glad to hear that. (laughs) 
So I guess the question is, Jacob, uh, since you mentioned that so much of Java's design was based on, was like, was it was a part of like the creation process. Do you want to talk about that now or like as it comes up through um, their story? Well, I think sort of, you know, because uh, a lot of you know, the story is kind of, it is based around like getting upgrades and stuff, just hitting where things happen. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But also I feel like it is worth noting that like uh, the amount of sort of uh, work that went into the drivers and like the, you know, the, the transformation devices and the weapons and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of it I feel like was very baked into the characters. I knew I would want to do, you know, a decent amount of that stuff, and I didn't want to have yeah, to come yeah. up with convoluted justification. So, like, one of the big parts of their character is that they are a big Rider fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Like, in-universe, and uh, they really, they make their own sort of equipment. That's, like, a big... Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I really wanted to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, that's kind of some, you know, something I put in place mainly because I was like, I want to be able to just, like, pull out new toys and not have to justify it. And this sounds like something that, you know, if Toei produced Alan Rider, if they were like, okay, we're giving up. We just want a writer who can show off things. Uh, I feel like <laughs> that is the decision they would make is they make their own equipment. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, so we don't need to do the thing they did in Vice where, like, stuff just showed up. And got thrown at the protagonist. Like, no, they just made it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It sounds then like Java might be like the most organic toy integration that I've yeah. heard of from any transformation based series, and I'm including Power Rangers in that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, just sort of because of how my brain works and that's like the main thing I'm interested in so it was like yeah des- designing the toys mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so like yeah there, there are multiple cases where I, I, I had come up with like a pun for a toy name or something and I was just like sitting in the dark <laughs> sort of like thinking how do I work this into the character how mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a couple I didn't end up using but I used most of the like dumb things I thought of I was really happy with uh, nice so yeah, that's it. You know, there are weird character decisions. But that's why. But also, like to that degree, uh, I ended up basically limiting myself by thinking about it in terms of like actual. If this was a series and they were having to produce some toys, uh, <laughs> would they be able to budget like you know? <laughs> so there's some stuff where I've like actually had to just like you know reason with myself and justify like yeah, because this is like Omegio spell. Mm-hmm. This is that equivalent. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be a great series for people who have watched Howling Rider, and or this is going to be a great episode for people who have watched Howling Rider. And for those yeah. who haven't, honestly, I want to see it this one. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I I, I think I, I think a lot of people are at least like tangentially aware of like yeah. transforming heroes yeah. as like a thing in media, but also. A lot of people, if they were not, if they were not directly interested in uh, toy-based children's shows growing up, then they probably either know someone who was, or they are raising someone who is. Yeah. Also, that was that was a joke. Uh, 
And, you know, because I'm sure some people might listen to these episodes and be like, oh, I would like to watch A Cowling Rider. And to that mm-hmm. I'd say, I don't, it's not very good, watch Ultraman instead. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever had someone on Wayward specifically say, do not consume <laughs> the source media. Yeah, don't. Just, Ultraman has juggler in it. What did you mean? Funny <laughs> little alien there. Uh, anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so uh would would you like to talk about uh how java kind of entered into entered into writerdom because you said that they made their own like you said they made their own tech what kind of inspired them to start doing that uh yeah that's you know uh it, this is something that came up very briefly in the campaign, so if any of my fellow players listening, there might, you know, there might be some fun new, uh, hot Java lore drops here. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so, when, uh, Parker was very, very young, uh, an event happened where the, the common level, sort of the, you know, figurehead, uh, listen to Brendan's episode, uh, of, uh, like, the gov, you know, directly, the right the government, uh, Horse mm-hmm. van, uh, big lad on campus. Uh, <laughs> he was out commissioned for a, for a while, and Elysium, which is a dome city, which is the same, listen to Brendan's episode, please. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, well, wait, uh, the sort of, there's usually a fire suppression system, it went down, uh, and Parker lost both of their parents in a house fire when they were very Aww. little. Uh, I'm and, sorry. I, mean, I made it happen, so I wouldn't apologize to me. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, the only memory of the night was, uh, being rescued by a rider with piercing red eyes. And that's something I don't think ever came up in the campaign, but yeah, that's why, uh, you know, Parker, they were taken in by Varun Barb, who was an ex, uh, rider system development, developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they became obsessed with riders, uh, cause they wanted to, like, try and find out which one rescued them, and they never could. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they just sort of got this appreciation for writers as a whole. And, yeah. Okay. Re- real quick. Does Parker have a favorite common writer fact? Or contract writer fact, as it were? Uh, oh, improv. I love it. I love these improv <laughs> ones. Uh, I think the favorite uh, contract writer fact is that contract writers all know these frogs. Excuse me? Bear, eats, uh, eats rocks? Yeah, he's cave bear fiend, and he uh, eats rocks for strength and power. Unrelated to being a contract writer. That's the <laughs> thing he does. Okay. Uh, this bit's getting cut. Uh, no, no, it, no, no, it's, sta- it's staying in. It's good. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So that's kind of why they became a writer and, you know, why they have such, uh, appreciation for writers. Because ultimately, in the setting, uh, you know, they are just sort of, writers are just a part of life. They're not, like, seen as superheroes. They're just, you know, they fight the monsters and let people go about their lives. And sometimes they do other things like stream or, uh, <laughs> PR. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Or heavy lifting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they steal fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> so then, 
what what kind of inspired uh Chava's uh like con- like writer form were cuz uh, I th- I feel like I remember hearing that they're that they are technically like not a like like writer under contract that they're kind of like indie and creating yeah. their own tech and stuff right yeah because uh normally it wouldn't say a writer would be contracted and they would you know they would get their gear through that system mm-hmm. and uh they would basically be oh 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 money to that company and be paying off throughout their career uh Whereas the lore for Parker is that they got the cheapest, like, off-the-shelf Robo-Rider belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, like, out of the three types is the cheapest. Uh, and then they souped it up, uh, and, yeah, they, like, that sort of, so they are purely freelance. Uh, they use the same, like, write, like, a kick writer system that others in the party would use, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, app, kick app, uh, to, like, so people, you know, they're basically uh, hired out through that. Uh, but yeah, they uh-huh. just, you know, it came up at one point in the story, sort of as a minor role, or as a minor bit, that like they are one of the few writers in the city who is not like con- who's never been, you know, really contracted out, who's never, who's just sort of always done it for uh, the benefit of people. Yeah. And I, I just I want to mention before I forget that with you talking about how they're more of a freelance writer, my brain went to common writers filing taxes with freelance income versus like contracted income. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Parker knows how to do tax. Uh, I hope they figure it out. I mean, I don't know how to do taxes, so they're oh, probably neither do fine. I. Uh, I just evade them. Uh, Podcasts are not admissible in court. <laughs> no. <Oops>. Anyway. <laughs> HMRC, please. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, also the coffee theming. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, because I love very uh, stupid bits, uh, the, there is, you know, a very specific backstory for why they love writers and why they, you know, really appreciate writers. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they like coffee. They just do. <laughs> do, I think I remember you put on the, on, like, the questionnaire that they have a part-time job as a barista. Yeah. So their aunt, uh, who's a uh, mm-hmm. she used to be a writer, system development developer, and she, uh, now owns a coffee shop, uh, called Caffeine Kicks. <laughs> and that, that, is that delights our, me. Yeah, I that's a name that I very quickly came up with and was like, oh, I want to change that, and I didn't. I'm, I'm happy by them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so they, you know, they work there. They uh, actually live above it, although legally they live with their aunt. Uh, she because she has like a regular person apartment. Uh, mm-hmm. They instead live in. Uh, just like yeah, up, you know, up the stairs. Yeah, but yeah, they they like coffee. Okay. Um, before I forget, it just occurred to me to ask, uh, how old is Parker? Uh, Parker is uh like early twenties. I'd say okay. Okay. for the purposes of like you know uh the fact that first session is the first day of being a writer. I'd imagine there's like a twenty one or twenty you know 
uh, age okay. like requirement. So that yeah, around there. Okay, okay. I I asked because it just occurred to me. I was like, would does the does Elysium have child protect like child protective services? Would they? they would they ha- would they find out that Parker, as a seventeen year old, was not living with their aunt or something? But it sounds like it's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's fine, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. They they live above the coffee shop. They love coffee, uh, and they mm-hmm. do work part time as barista and part time as uh, contractor. Yeah, how does that work out for them? Uh, depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think generally that yeah, I, I'd say they are very you know fairly content with uh, you know it does get in the way of each other sometimes, but mm-hmm. overall it's two things they enjoy doing. Uh, you know, for varying reasons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Do do they have a favorite way to drink coffee, like lattes? Uh, espresso, whatever uh, the whatever the frozen one is from Starbucks. <laughs> I, their favorite way to drink coffee is often uh, <laughs> like a running gag throughout the campaign uh, was the fact that uh, Parker could at any point just be drinking a coffee, regardless of like if there is any possible way that they could have like actually gotten that coffee in a reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they they just sort of drink coffee a lot. Uh, I feel like if if anyone else consumed the amount of coffee that they do, they would die immediately. Uh, <laughs> like I think we quantified it as enough to kill an elephant. Uh, it's sort of the caffeine that is in Par- in Parker's body at any one time. Oh my goodness! Uh, that. That's nothing to do with the, like nothing to do with them being a rider. No, that's entirely unrelated. They are just also a coffee uh, magician. <laughs> okay, so I would like to jump into talking about uh, their their adventures as a writer. And you mentioned yeah. earlier, uh, like their first day of writerdom. What was that like? Uh, their first day as a writer, they uh, had to beat up a big mushroom, uh, and they teamed up with four other writers to do so. And I wonder who those four writers could be. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and yeah, they uh, you know they use their fast thinking and uh, form changes to take it down, uh, or to help take it down, and uh, they yeah. delivered the final kick. Nice, nice. Especially fitting given uh, their workplace's name is Caffeine Kicks. Yeah, fast, fast riders, rider kicks, and then sort of you know after that uh, just sort of continuing on. Uh, mm-hmm. They, their first sort of interaction with another writer outside of that was uh, with Papillon, uh, Mari, Umar's character. And, you know, they fought a big bug and they got, uh, they failed very badly at defeating the big bug. Uh, and if you want to hear more about that, listen to Umar's, uh, where I'm plugging a lot of other episodes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so that you know that happens then. Sort of the next big thing would be that they got hired to work with uh, Dolman, uh-huh. Sean, uh, as a security. Uh, Ooh. And yeah, uh, sort of you know, like basically 
security writer for Ringfoot, which is one of the industries, uh, or one of the companies. Uh, and they did that for a day. They hung out with uh, Sean uh, Hoots Rocks and uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, they had a nice day and then uh, contract writer Wyvern uh, Hannah mm-hmm. she broke in uh, for reasons uh, which were justified and because uh, you know capitalism and health society and yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Sean because it is his job had to try and you know stop her from doing that they yeah. got into a fight and Parco had an awful time with that because they just like entirely refused to believe a writer could be acting selfishly or you know they did oh, not think no. writers should fight uh, and so they immediately got fired like, uh, like they got fired from the security gig or yeah because they didn't yeah because they didn't provide security uh, oh. they basically Sean and with and Ryburn had a big call fight, and Parker uh, got lost in the big building, trying to find like you're know, trying to you know, find the security office. Ah. Uh, and yeah, they got fired almost immediately. Uh, which you know wasn't great for them in terms yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, there's there's a lot there's yeah. a lot worse reasons to be fired. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and you know neither of the people involved died, so that's typically good, I- I'd say. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then yeah, uh, following that, sort of, they went to they were upset. They went to react to a uh, geyser attack at the end of the dome, edge of the dome, and they met the common rider. <gasps> Their idol. Yeah, and they were completely starstruck. Uh, like entirely, just could not react in any way. Uh, he told them good job, uh, and read their name badge. Senpai noticed them. Yeah, uh, it was just like a complete big fan moment. Uh, yeah, which you know is I feel they deserve. They had you know, and then they were like, "All right, it's good, but I got fired because this happened. <laughs> this is normal logic." Uh, yeah, and then sort of the. Uh, Ringo incident, which uh, Brendan talked about, happened where mm-hmm. they were contacted to try and help lone, this you know fabled lone rider Ringo, uh, who is apparently in danger, uh, and they were basically tricked into going down to try and find him in the uh, sort of underground uh, tunnels mm-hmm. under Elysium, uh, because you know they they wanted to be a hero and help uh, someone in danger. Yeah. And then it turned out it was a trick, uh, and he was doing uh, anti-terrorism. Uh, yeah. And Lux was there, and uh, Wyvern was there, and, uh, you know, next thing, sort of, ne- next thing you know, uh, mm-hmm. Lux, uh, as far as Parker could tell, uh, Lux had murdered Ringo. Oh, uh, no. Did, did they, dare I ask if they ever clear that up between the two of them? I... I mean, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> I think that they did, but also uh, Roger just sort of kept bringing up the fact that he did did, did help with the murder, uh, which I feel like is sort of one of the main character things in the group, or like differences, was the fact that Parker would grab it and didn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that sort of you know, happened, and 
I thought that was very indicative of Parker's thought process because they did, you know, see uh, a guy trying to blow up the city. Uh, yeah. But they were very cool. They were very chill about it because you know he was a writer, so obviously it wasn't. They weren't in immediate danger. Oh, uh, no. he was just wrong. Sweet baby. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then sort of the rider ball happened, which mm-hmm. uh, is where mm-hmm. you know Lux got a fancy new trinket and uh, got given it by the common rider on stage. Oh, and no. Parker was very upset by this because in their eyes. Uh, their hero had just been tricked by uh, this murderer into, like, thinking that he was great, and Parker was like, no, he's not right. Oh, no. Uh, and wasn't that the one where, like, it was, like, a false upgrade, and then everyone had to fight, uh, everyone had to fight Lux? <laughs> uh, I don't, I no, I don't think so. Uh, it was, Lux basically d- Got an upgrade. Uh, there was a common rider geister, uh, ah. and uh, everyone sort of tried to take it down, and then he dealt the final blow, which also Parker did not like. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they you know they were not a Lux fan at that point. I feel, and they in fact uh, mm-hmm. after that, normally what they do for getting sort of their uh, gear uh, for making it is salvaging mm-hmm. coffee parts and going to like. A scrapyard to get stuff. And in this yeah. case, they actually ordered nice stuff to make yeah. something. Uh, and that something was a uh, Java full menu, which is their first upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they used that when they were contacted by a uh, contract writer Dolman, and them, him, and uh, Wyvern went to. The went to a warehouse, sort of around the edge of the, or you know, went to a warehouse where Lux was, and mm-hmm. uh, the other two were trying to kill him. Uh, Parker was just like, "I don't have a word with that guy." Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they had brought you know an upgrade, and sort of whenever that all went down, mm-hmm. uh, find out more in episode six and nine. Nice. Yeah, nice. I've, Umar said it as well, and I'm very happy for him, but also very annoyed that Brendan got episode 69. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so that, you know, all went down, and uh, then suddenly there were the five of them all stuck, sort of, well, not stuck, but they were, you know, seemed to be on the same side, uh, mm-hmm. and Parker was not entirely on board with Lux. Uh, yeah, yeah. on account of the manslaughter, but uh, <laughs> yeah. they were willing to give him a chance uh, to some degree. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I do like just the, the concept of Parker still being like kind of petty about Lux. Uh, but yeah, they were also there attacked by the common rider, uh, and they did mm-hmm. a sparring rider fix and. Uh, they got sort of knocked out of the transformation uh, and lightly exploded. And, oh uh, no! So they were okay. They got. They just had to put on the build makeup, uh, where they had like a little bit of blood on their cheek. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but the common right. They did explode the common rider's leg. He was okay afterwards. It was just fragment. But yeah. Uh, and so that yeah. was kind of an intense moment for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point after that. 
the common writer, aka Utamonji, uh, contacted them about, like, very ominously. And oh no! Obviously, because they're a sensible person, uh, they went and met up with him, uh, under the city in a big void called Tartarus, which is just sort of a massive, uh, gaping void underneath Elysium. Oh no, they uh, went to hell! <laughs> yeah! Uh, they just were a bit though. Uh, but yeah, and they sort of had to deal with then the knowledge that the city is suspended over a big void, and that was, you know, sort of his way of trying to get them to side with the antagonists at that point, which were Golden. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about Golden, watch Cow and Rider Black. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, they kind of had that to deal with, uh, and it was very unpleasant yeah. to sort of deal with that knowledge. Uh, and while they didn't agree with the idea of, you know, people having to become monsters to survive, uh, yeah, uh, not super great knowledge. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then to add to that, sort of at some point later on, and I, I am kind of jumping through the story here because there's a lot in the overarching I'm trying to focus on. Yeah, after. yeah. Because because I, I don't think we mentioned this at the beginning because uh because the contract writers campaign ran for like a full year. Yeah, of, a full of season of calendar. A, a full season of y'all re- of y'all playing regularly, which is and and you finish the campaign, which is in and of itself an achievement, and I want to celebrate yeah. that. <laughs> oh, it's why it, I genuinely like we finished it at the time of recording, like last today, weekend? last week. Yeah, today, like, yeah. like a week ago. And it still hasn't totally hit me. Uh, mm. Because we're doing, because we're all big nerds, uh, we're doing what would be the summer movie uh, yeah, in a little yeah. while. But yeah, oh, it's ended. Uh, so there's a lot, <laughs> you know, there's kind of a lot, and I am conscious mm. of, like, not being like, all right, I've got a copy, let's sit here for three hours and talk about every minute detail. Because uh, uh, Jack can do that when he comes on to talk about his many, his hundreds of OCs uh, from this campaign. Uh, but yeah, I think sort of, you know, to add on to the knowledge of the entire city is over a big hole, uh, the sort of the next big character thing would have been when they found out that, so, uh, one of Dolman's up- upgrades, his first upgrade is, uh, Katie Dolman, mm-hmm. which is, uh, powered by the extinction of the dinosaurs. Uh, and it's not yeah. a great, it's not a super cool, fun upgrade for him, uh, like for Menu, uh, because he didn't make his, because he's just, you know, a silly guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, and uh, the big question was, who did make this evil this that turns you into a dinosaur? Uh, and it turned out it was Parker's aunt, Barb. Oh no! Uh, with basically, uh, Getting the dinosaur so Parker won't have to. Uh, like the entire reason for doing it was to try and save Parker from having to, like, put themselves in danger. That sort of, you know, she did not want them to be a rider, uh, and she sort of looked through all of, all of the, the stuff they built. Uh, she looked over it to make sure it was safe and, you know, rejects and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Parker was upset by this, and, uh, one of the things that she had rejected was an early version of I, I had, didn't mention the name of Parker's driver, it's the artisanal driver. Uh, mm-hmm. an early version of that 
which was the blend driver, which used two copy files. Uh, and Parker, annoyed by Barb, and honestly, the trust entirely shaken, uh, used that uh-huh. uh, to become Java Cross, which is Ooh. the third upgrade. And technically, you said, technically, you write it. And yeah, that sort of, you know, there is, it's an early version of Java system with less enders, which is a lot more volatile and hard to control. Uh, and they utilized that to stop, uh, Dolman and the common rider who had sort of, they were out with Dolman and they ran into, uh, him and also a big hole down to Tartarus, uh, mm-hmm. to stop them from killing each other. Uh, yeah. Which they did, successfully. Good. Uh, but yeah, kind of a lot for them to take in. But yeah, yeah. with all of that. Um, and yeah, kind of part of you know the character characterization through these uh, upgrades was the fact that the regular Java stuff is all very based around different being able to switch out the copy files for different forms, which all have different modifiers. Uh, you know, there's an ice one, there's a fire one. Uh, an accuracy one which didn't get used because they didn't have the budget for uh, another suit, and mm-hmm. the, you know, like a speed one. It was very versatile. Uh, yeah. Java Cross doesn't have that. It's stronger and faster, but it's a lot less, like, problem solving, which I feel like is kind of, you know, reflective of their mindset of just trying to do stuff, you know, very desperate to try and make it change and feel like they're accomplishing something because it kind of felt mm-hmm. like they had just been pretending to be a writer. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, some, you know, more stuff happened, some of which is covered in uh, Umar's video, uh, or Umar's uh, episode, and mm-hmm. uh, basically they had to, they were, they left the city, uh, the gang left, left the city, they go into a pound tournament to Little Ireland. Uh, yeah. Uh, they went to Gavner, which is where Sean is from, uh, and also where Parker's friend Morgan lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had to go, the entire part was going for, like, to help Sean with something. Uh, Parker also needed to go there to get an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, which they yeah. had been working on. Uh, and it, that was, uh, Java Cross Perfection. Uh, because throughout sort of the jingles of Java, like, uh, perfect has been a word yeah. just reappeared. Uh, you know, because they want to be perfect writing. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is where that backfired, because uh, Robo Riders have a their you know, easiest modifier on the fly, which is why, you know, for my reason, they're picking that system. Uh, but also it has a very definite uh, skill ceiling. And whenever they try to use cross perfection to take down an enormous Medusa geyser, uh, they hit that ceiling very hard. And they also hit, uh, the ground beneath Gavner and created a massive sinkhole. Uh, oh, and no. everyone else, and also completely shorted out, like, the, their modifications that let them connect to their rider system. Uh, and not connect for a couple of days, you know, seriously injured them, and also they couldn't transform anymore. Like, that was, you know, shorted out. Oh no. Narrowly. Uh, so yeah, they were kind of 
very disillusioned and uh, upset, not sure what they really wanted to do. They wanted to help out, but they weren't sure how anymore. Uh, uh, so they started working on a upgrade to the rest of the team. team. Yeah. Sort of a shared, you know, uh, and the gang went back into the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, had to sneak in because at this point Gordon had sort of taken things over. Uh, yeah. And, uh, after sort of returning to the city and hiding out in the bar that Sean likes, uh, so Parker went for a walk, uh, after sort of working on this thing for a while, and, uh, they were followed by, uh, Hannah Wyvern, the team mm-hmm. And they ran into the common rider. Again. Yeah. Uh, and he led them back to Caffeine Case, which they had not been back to since. <clears throat> well, for, you know, for a while they hadn't talked to Barb since, uh, they're falling in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they back, you know, they go back to antiques and they are told about uh, the system that Lux had been using, uh, yeah. or was meant to be using, uh, back in the warehouse, the Rider Free system, uh, which was originally created by Barb for Parker, basically as like a protection suit for, you know, if the dome collapsed without their knowledge, and then it got taken, you know used for other things and but you know it was basically the idea was she had picked this out for me hadn't given me the chance or any options with it uh and they you know didn't know what to say about this they were very like shocked uh Wyvern was also there and she did know what to say and that was uh violence uh and she you know attacked she was furious about this breach of trust, uh, and like basically wanted to act on Parker's behalf and uh, attacked uh, his monji who was yeah, like, yeah, it's still injured, uh, and uh, oh, Barb, who is a regular person, yeah, uh, and Parker couldn't transform into Java, uh, but they did have a bunch of like they had you know Ringo left a bullet. Uh, and they had the driver from, uh, Contract Rider Omega, who you will potentially hear more about at some point, uh, he's a funny mm-hmm. fish guy. Uh, mm-hmm. and Parker used those, uh, as, as well as, uh, Progene Wild to become Bio Rider Wild. Uh, okay. to basically fend off Hannah. And they do so, uh, and it's really cool, and it's probably the best roles that I have managed, and also, like, uh, I do a thing where I pick really specific, like, you know, things that are very situational, and those situations never come up. And in this one case, <laughs> it was, like, perfect. It was just, oh. Uh, and yeah, they managed to bend Hannah off before passing out from the shock of suddenly using a biorider system with, like, yeah. a lot of stuff in it. Cause that's typically something that's, like, gradual, like, uh, stuff, and you're know, being fitted to them. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah, so that happened. And, yeah. uh, the next thing was the infiltration of Sloydor, and, which is also where Jabba's final form debuted. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, so they go into there to fight, uh, Marianne Chernet, uh, Roger's mom. Uh, mm-hmm. Hannah is also there, and she has sort of split off from the group at this point, uh, after her fight with Parker. 
Um, yeah. And throughout, you know, the entire, like, triumph save you fight, uh, Parker is primarily concerned with uh, Hannah's well-being because they're worried about her after them fighting. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, triumphs... By Rider Wild is kind of... The idea of that is that Parker doesn't have to be jabbed to help people or to try and, like, you know, they will take whatever opportunities they can to help you. They don't need to be doing it as Jabba. Uh, but yeah, Jabba Triumph is the mm-hmm. uses uh, what was originally meant as a team power up, uh, yeah. which combines Robo Rider, Maho Rider, and Bio Rider technology uh, to allow uh-huh. them to transform. Uh, the logic I came up with was that. The Maho Rider technology tricks the Robo Rider technology into thinking that it can work, uh, and the Bio Rider technology helps to uh, heal any damage that happens from that. Uh, and its sort of motifs are uh, Phoenix, and it specifically doesn't mention perfection. Or no, yeah, it's, it mentions yeah. imperfect. It's imperfect. Imperfect evolution is uh, part of the jingle. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the idea is, you know, this is sort of them returning, uh, spurred on by fighting with Hannah, kind of, by the realization that, you know, even if they agree with yeah, these people, yeah. they still yeah. need to be there to help out and try and stop them from doing atrocities. Uh, Dispenser. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just the idea that, you know, perfection is less important than being there. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if, if it's not a perfect path as long as it's, you know, half it works. Yeah. And that's Jabba Triumph. Uh, and yeah. that's their final form, but it's not their final form because Ryder... <laughs> I can't stop coming up with forms because look at the Jabba novel where they get six more. Uh, but, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do... I, I did go through uh, Umar's blog, and I do have uh, I do have the art for uh, of the, that, uh, they, that Umar has drawn of their forms uh, pulled up. So yeah, yes, it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, looking mm-hmm. at, I've been looking at this for uh, six hours. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, something after that, uh, a lot of things happened. Uh, yeah, but the crux of it was that the antagonist sent him. Uh, Dolman's boss, uh, who, uh, bootstrapped himself into becoming an ultralight. Uh, you know, normal. Oh no. Just Thursdays on my right gamers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but basically he showed everyone footage of his monji, uh, who in a lot of ways is sort of parallel with Harper in terms of being a fan of a rider, uh, like the original rider. And, uh, yeah, stuff happened. Uh, but basically, he had to, uh, like, or he felt that he had to kill his mentor to stop an especially powerful geyser that was feeding off of her field. Uh, yeah. and Senan showed footage of that to everyone. Uh, and so Parker and, you know, some others of the gang went to check on him. As you would. Uh, and, Mm-hmm. Basically, the knock-on effect from that was causing common Rider Geisters to appear throughout the city. Oh no! Uh, yeah, and he felt that he had to go out and take them on by himself. <sighs> uh, 
and Parker stopped him uh, and basically convinced him to instead focus instead of focusing on you know destroying the geists, focus on saving people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the end, they were able to defeat the geists and you know just sort of yeah stop yeah. them with yeah. a double rider kick, uh, which I feel was like very important. <laughs> some level of like uh, not uh, yeah some kind of revolution or resolution for Parker mm-hmm. in terms of the common like you know common right stuff because it's been a very coming weird, full circle uh, yeah uh, but back on the same page to some degree and yeah you know a little later uh, he gives them the remains of the right of three system which was destroyed in the warehouse by the it's basically just a bag of scrap that he gives them and they have yeah. a very awkward interaction related to it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, suddenly, oh, they have to go and do the last episode fight with Ultra Sen. Or, the, you know, yeah. the last two episodes. Uh, uh-huh. And so, yeah, they go, oh, we'll get... Folks, if you want... It, you know, I'm sorry, if you want to watch Contract Riders, this is going to be spoilers. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they fight Wait. around the end. Wait, 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 wait! You that said joke, you said people want. Okay, I was parody like, in Minecraft. Okay, uh, this I, uh... is, yeah, this is episode forty, like forty-seven of Contract Riders. Uh, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite bit is after the credits. They do Donald's rock for me. When he talks about fun rocks, he's fun. But uh, <laughs> the yeah, the gang fight Ultra Sen sort of around the edge of the dome because uh, Lux hunted him out there with a big bayonet at hand. Uh, and yeah, Parker does some big fighting and throws yeah. an energy bite, hits him with an energy bite, uh, and uh, yeah, he kingdom hearts them, like grabs them by the head. Apparently, this is a thing, like, despite RDM having never played the kingdom hearts game, this is from apparently, like, it perfectly reenacted a part of the kingdom hearts game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, you know, they get grabbed by the helmet. Uh, it's a very funny interaction, trust me. Uh, very funny and dramatic. Um, but, yeah, they basically get beat up a bunch. Uh, and the suit gets very badly damaged. We get that classic, oh, uh, finally, we get that classic, uh, rider helmet break. Uh-huh. Uh, showing the face actor underneath. Yeah, uh, yeah. And eventually, uh, Sen just crushes their belt. And, uh, they cannot, they are like, out of the fight for a little while. And, but they see something off in the distance, and everyone helps them while they run to it. Yeah. And what they see is that bag of scrap, which I mentioned, because it would be relevant. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, they reach a bag with the broken Rider 3 driver. Uh, they hold it to their waist because it does not have any belt. It's just like a big chunk of metal. Yeah. Uh, that's been destroyed and, uh, powered by, uh, yeah, powered by their vision of the future and uh-huh. the power of their friends. Uh, they become Java Future. Uh, yes. a form which has the very, very cool and normal ability. Of being able to turn any incoming attack into coffee beans. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they you know they work together to defeat Senna and 
Mm-hmm. Uh, then I guess, you know, at this point we're getting into, like, this is po- officially post-campaign. That's kind of yeah. upsetting to think about. Uh, and you know, know. we did, like, a little end bit where uh, Parker is now, uh, you know, they've sort of reconciled with parents and uh, mm-hmm. they are now uh, an assistant manager. I know they are now a manager at Packing Fix, which means nothing, but you know, <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, least. yeah. Uh, and they're also, yeah, uh, sort of trying to be what they quote the common really is and help mm-hmm. people and do PSAs about biosafety. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. One of sort of the last scenes we did before the end was uh, Hitamonji's funeral, which is uh, mm-hmm. you know a couple of months after the end of the campaign, he passed away because he was like over a hundred years old. Yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, so that was yeah a very emotional time for Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they specifically are, you know, at this point we're sort of getting into what I think is going to come next, and that is Harper having to deal with the fact, the knowledge of, like, A, uh, kind of having existential crisis, because one of the things that happened when they transformed into the future was uh, Java Geister's form spawned, which were uh, just Java's previous forms, and the Fire Rider Wild, uh, to oh, no. try... Oh, no, no, like, specifically to try and, you know, they help join the fight against Sen's Geisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of a weird experience because, you know, now they're they going to be wondering what purpose do they actually serve if Java can basically help people on their own without them. Yeah. Uh, and sort of, <clears throat> why, what, yeah, what is next to them is the question they're going to be wondering because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a big thing. And, uh, sort of, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I had some brain. Uh, it's okay. Uh, yeah, like specifically something that they're gonna have to put a lot of thought into is the fact that at one point, you know, Hitamonji was not always a grumpy old man. At one point, he was a mm-hmm. regular person, and I think Parker is very worried about making the same mistakes that he did and alienating himself. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that's kind of something that maybe will come up in the movie. See it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically, uh, it. The, you know, sort of Jabba's role in the campaign and the Parker sort of going from this very naive optimism to, uh, a much more, you know, grounded optimism. And one of the design things, sort of reflecting back, that uh, one of the other players, Sam, who plays uh, Dolman, uh, mm-hmm. picked up on is the fact that Java's baseball has one, you know, regular rider eye, like a big, you know, red classic, uh, big bug eye, and one uh, yeah. green or orange eye that is shaped like steam, uh, and the amount of plate shaped like a carpet. Uh, uh-huh. The idea of the asymmetrical eye, sort of representing. The fact that their clarity of like being able to see reality, but also being able to visualize something better, and uh, Java Futures eye design yeah. is uh, both of them overlapping. Yeah. 
so yeah, it's that sort of uh, very grounded optimism. That that's very good. Grounded like a topic. Hey, <laughs> we got there. I thought we were talking about uh, Java's story, and it was have have they gotten to have a big hero moment yet of like of like I, I'm thinking of like the, the kind of trope of like the like the small child being like oh you saved me Superman thank you so much or like that kind of a thing like has 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 Jaffa been able to reach that level of kind of like like being being like beloved by the public and uh, like like that they, kind of a thing uh, they haven't yet, which honestly I'm, I'm happy for, because it means they still have that to achieve. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that did happen was they were interacting with sort of some, something not really the same, but along the same lines was when they were interacting with uh, a bunch of other riders and fighting with them uh, sort of, you know, to defeat some geysers. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, all the other riders were exhausted. Uh, Parker wasn't. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they are just constantly full of an upsetting amount of tapping. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's kind of their big hero moments are all uh, copy related. Mm-hmm. That's very good. I, I, I do hope that I do hope that they're able to become like a publicly beloved hero for the city. Yeah, I, yeah. It's what they deserve. It is what they deserve. I, I honestly, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, We'll see what happens in the movie session or sessions. Uh, but I, I am, you know, going to write something about Java in terms of flies. Uh, and I, I do want to kind of think about whether or not they would really want that uh, in the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's you know, something interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. I guess the other question I had was, out of the out of the main out of the main writers, so that's Dolman, Papillon, uh, Lux, Lux, and uh, Wyvern. So yeah. I guess the other four. Uh, who is their favorite to work with? Uh, I think the favorite to work with is Papillon because yeah. Papillon and Java, I like they. Don't, didn't really interact that much in the campaign, but the, mm-hmm. the, I think the thing with that is that they are just like extremely normal friends. <laughs> they're not like they've never tried to kill each other. They're just like <laughs> they met and then they were like hi. And they like they liked each other and they're just normal to be around. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the bar is so low. <laughs> yeah, it's a genuinely. I think that's maybe one of the only like pairings in the entire like game. Oh no, well, mm-hmm. it's sort of, Papillon is like that with everyone. Like, mm-hmm. Papillon is just the writer who's normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that we did, uh, like, a diagram of, you know, how each of the writers feel about each other whenever we were first doing this. And, like, all of them were just, like, Papillon, they like Papillon, Papillon likes them. Or, like, neutral, because they hadn't met. Like, it is just... Yeah. Extremely normal, like your colleague that you like. If if y'all have that available, I would love to see it. 
Uh, I'll see. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. Uh, like, it's very outdated now, because I think at this point it's mainly just they like each other. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because, like, you said it was from the beginning of the game. Yeah. <laughs> or even before the game, so. Yeah, it's from, like, uh, I think, you know, maybe five or six sessions in. But, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of, yeah. I think after Patrick, we don't, we, you know, Wyvern and Dolman, uh, they are okay with Lux, I think, but apparently still is just, like, like, uh, act, no, actually, now, sort of, they have reached a point where they do like Lux. Aww. Like, they appreciate what he's going for, and yeah. it's hard for him. Uh, mm-hmm. And he hasn't talked about that murder we have to do in a while, and that helps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, Parker likes everyone. Mm-hmm. Good. And because you, because you said the word pairing, I want to ask, did Parker get any, was Parker interested in romance? Did they get any romance? Uh, no, because that would, I mean, no, for multiple reasons. Because, uh, A, okay. in, uh, Kamen Rider, they don't. They just, mm-hmm. uh, it's just really good as part of why it's like, uh, it has, yeah, the reputation it does is like, heat of drama between men is because mm-hmm. they are like, no, these writers cannot, the main writer can't, the main writers like, cannot be romantically interested in anyone. Because uh, we have to get those moms interested, uh, and uh, part of it is just because it's a tabletop RPG, and that would be really uncomfortable for everyone involved. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I also, you know, I, I just think it's not maybe the most interesting angle to examine, like mm-hmm. Parker's interactions with people. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, was there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about with, uh, with Java, Jacob? Uh... Say that five times fast. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think there is really, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, yeah, hey, I've talked about everything I was hoping to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <coughs> so then it sounds like, uh, your last question for today is... Why do you love Java so much? Uh, 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 <laughs> uh honestly, I like Java because they are, I, they're just great. Like, uh, also, it's a really, playing as Java was a very, just nice experience, you know? Uh, it was a good chance to interact with people, uh, it was a good chance to, like, you know, people I really like, it was, uh, just a, just a fun time, and I like them as a character because they are genuinely just so like cheerful and pleasant. Yeah. Uh, except whenever my immediate instinct to start biting anytime that uh, I have to improvise something <laughs> through. Uh, sorry, Sam. Uh, but yeah, like they are genuinely just a really nice character, and I, I you know, I, I have made. Like a couple of little Java figures, and they are sometimes yes. even I'm just like, oh, it's them. Yes, I uh, I do have that picture of the figurine that you made for uh, for for Java Future, which uh, is yeah. just Chef's kiss. So incredible! Great job. Thanks. <laughs> Very happy with it. Uh, but yeah, it's just you know a nice thing to think about. It's, sometimes a character can just be nice. Yeah. 
sometimes a character can just be nice. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with having, like, angsty characters and stuff, but... Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's nice for, like, genuinely, as I said, you know, earlier, uh, Mm -hmm. normally I play very sarcastic and rude and, uh, like, borderline evil characters, uh, Mm-hmm. And it's just nice for a change and like to be like, oh yeah, I can, you know, be a normal person in these games. Yeah. And never again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm play, uh, I'm already like planning sort of uh, another like, uh, Rider-ish game, uh, at some point. And I've come up with characters for that and it is just like time to go back to the old game. Uh, fair enough, fair but enough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I like characters are different. They're fun, uh, and, well, they fun, funny rider drinking coffee. What more could you want? <laughs> very, very good rider drinking coffee. Yeah, just a baby drinking coffee. Always <laughs> drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I think this is the part of the episode then where I get to say uh, thank you so much, Jacob, for coming on to talk today about uh, Parker slash Java. I really appreciated getting to hear all about them. Oh, it has been a lovely experience. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now is the part of the episode where you get to talk about things that you want to shout out and or promote. Where would you like to be found on the internet? Uh... I can be found at uh, on Twitter at same as it ever was uh, with same was being spelled W O Z. I don't like doing podcasts or anything because I'm difficult to be around. But uh, I sometimes you're, paint transformers. Oh yeah, sorry. Fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I paint transformers and uh, make custom. I make custom transformers and other things uh, sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that, and also bad jokes, uh, yeah, check out my Twitter. I'm not anywhere else on the internet, and if you look for me, uh, don't. Just don't. <laughs> Cut it out. That's fair. That's fair. Everyone deserves to be found as much or as little as they would like yeah. to be on the internet. <laughs> yeah, my existence online should be a cryptid who you see posting about Happy Boss Wednesday <laughs> on a Saturday. Uh, yeah. Anyway, time for me to go ahead and do my outro. Um, first is Current Events Blast. Uh, it hasn't really changed from the last episode because I recorded the last... I edited the last episode last weekend and it came out on Tuesday and recording this on Saturday and this episode's coming out on Monday. So, I'm just going to reiterate. Please continue to wear your masks. And get vac- get vaccinated, please. If you are, if if you are not el- if you are not interested in getting the vaccine, I would kindly ask you to stop listening to this podcast because there. I I under I I acknowledge that it's important to be informed, but at this point, literally all of the science and all of the medical professionals who are interested in patient care and not in making money uh, are are in agreement that the COVID-19 vaccine helps 
and is literally the best way to not die from COVID. So uh, please get vaccinated. And if you're not interested in getting vaccinated, bye. Uh, other than that, um, so there's so many crises going on in the world right now. Uh, I just I ask that everyone please like be nice to each other. And if you have the resources to be able to donate, uh, please do your best to donate, especially to uh, grassroots and or local organizations to help out with those crises, because they will be able to put the money to much more effective use. Um, and I forget what everything else I was going to say. Uh, call your representatives. Uh, make your voices heard. Go vote. Make sure you're registered to vote. Um, anyway... The Humphrey Railroad OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Vile by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. We can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or at waywardocpod on Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to talk about Wayward or the other Corner Podcast Network shows, we do have our own Discord server. Uh, there should be a permalink, uh, a perma-invite available through the Twitter account, and if not... Uh, message either myself or one of the other Corner, Corner Podcast Network hosts, and we can get you that invite link. And uh, I am always interested in uh, having more guests on to talk about their original characters, so please uh, drop me a line if you are interested in being on the show, or if you know someone that is interested or could be interested, uh, please feel free to send them the link to the Google form, which is currently the pinned tweet on the Wayward Twitter account. Uh, and I am probably going to have some uh, openings coming up in the next couple of months because I'm currently uh, running a tad bit low on submissions. Um, so if, if anyone is interested in being on the show, please, please feel free to send in your OC. Uh, scheduling might be a little bit weird, but it is always up for discussion. Uh and as with all podcasts, it's super helpful if you can rate and review us and on your listening platform of choice, because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been Home for Rainbow OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Unfortunately, I'm inflected with joy. Uh. <laughs> Same. Fan fictions are always a mystery. You never know what you're going to get. It could be the perfect continuation of a story you treasure, or it could be a total dumpster fire. Master Roshi's the god of time? And he's like, it's been a hundred years, Goku! Gohan is angry and evil now, and he's it's this, what? The, the world is controlled by the great Saiyan. My name is Michael, and together with my friends Sergio and Jake, we scrape the bottom of the barrel and read the best of the worst for you on our podcast, So You Think You Can Fanon. Oh, little Mac, she cried. You're such a hunk. Take me down. He was a hunk. Okay, he said hunkly, and he took her nap. <laughs> <laughs> You can give us a listen at anchor.fm slash SYTYC Fanon or wherever podcasts can be found. Trust me, it's one for the books.